The Dolphins season is officially over, at least their chances of making the postseason. And now the question is, is Adam Gase's career as the Dolphins head coach soon to be over? Is Mike Tannenbaum's career over? Is Chris Greer's career over with the Miami Dolphins? So many things to delve into that I wish we didn't have to. And that after a 3-0 start to the season, I think many of us thought we wouldn't have to. But here we are like a broken record, like Groundhog Day, and like everything we've seen with the Dolphins. It's so Dolphins as they lose at home to the Jags on Sunday. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Dookie Lang. And now, guys, the questions turn to the offseason with no chance at the postseason. This team that started 3-0, guys. What, what's on your sweater? I, I know I know this is an auditory medium, but, uh, you this know, it's is, the holidays, and I, I would love if you could just describe. Adam Gase may get fired. Right. And he's asking about I could, my Christmas sweater I, I on can, a radio podcast. I can barely hear you over the sweater. It's, I have a ugly Christmas sweater on that I like enjoy to wear during the holidays. And oh, it's got bells. Oh, jingle bells. That's what bells. I see cats. I see lots of cats. Cats with bells. Okay, what, the what, bells I let's get. Let's ring the bell for Adam Gates possibly getting let go. But what's what's up with the random teddy bear with the Santa hat? You have a bunch of cats. <laughs> Thank you. So Clay's Clay's with me. It's hard well, to focus the, with the this cats, sweater. The cats are sitting around and that is their pet teddy bear. They just have a little teddy bear at the oh. Okay. But Clay, I'm not crazy. Like he's sitting here talking about, oh, the dolphin's future. And and he's wearing a bright green I thought I was the owner of some of the world's worst sweatshirts no well, you're crazy you are, i was ready you to are talk the about owner. you actually wear those daily i i this is my christmas ugly christmas sweater and ugly would be the way to describe sunday's game and now we get to the point of the season that we get to every year and that's determining what the dolphins are in the offseason but unlike last offseason where the thought of firing adam gase never really occurred because he had come off a playoff season in his first year his second year you use no ryan Tannehill as the excuse and you had the jay cutler experience and okay you give him a pass on that given the way Stephen Ross thinks, though, Clay, and given the reaction of Stephen Ross, if you missed it, in that booth <laughs> at Hard Rock Stadium during that loss to the Jags, I think the writing's on the wall that Adam Gase is going to be fired, and I think Mike Tannenbaum, possibly Chris Greer, but others will join him. So uh, there was a report late Sunday night uh, from the Herald that basically says Ryan Tannehill is gone, that that uh, Stephen Ross has been telling people if he doesn't get the job done, then he's going to be gone. He didn't get the job done, so he will be gone. So <laughs> then the question turns to the people who are actually in charge of putting the personnel, including Tannehill, on the field. You mentioned Gase. The one thing I do not want to see again this offseason is just doing one, doing this thing piecemeal, which is what we've seen over and over, over again with Stephen. Yeah. And, and, and don't bring in an advisor. Don't bring in somebody that may just help the people you already have in place. If you're going to do this thing, hit the total reset button. Press reset. That starts with Tannenbaum. That goes down to Gase. And then obviously Tannehill. Chris Greer, I think, is is where I think there are some questions because we're not in those meetings. We don't know what he is in charge of as far as the final say on personnel. If he was in charge largely of college scouting, they've done pretty well. Some of these draft picks, I think he deserves a ton of credit for. But... The decision to not go for a quarterback, not start over, uh, piecemeal this thing together with free agency. Just me guessing here, if that's a Tannenbaum issue, but you really like what you see in Chris Greer, that's when I think Greer's job, yeah. could, he could stay here, but I think I the, the you got to find a way to hit the reset button and don't just do it in tiny, tiny pieces. I agree with you, and look, we've had, I feel like I've had this discussion for about a decade now, and Dookie, when I look at the Dolphins' history, a lot is brought up, look, they're mediocre, they haven't done it the right way. The Dolphins have tried to do it the right way, and it's failed. When Nick Saban came here, I thought for sure that it was the right move. And and I thought, look, I still to this day think that if Nick wouldn't have left, 
Dolphins would be a successful franchise, that he would have found the way. They were already starting to turn the corner a little bit. Then everything happened with the bad choice at quarterback. They went with Culpepper. Saban got in, you know, went to Alabama. It all went downhill. Parcells gets here. You think he's got the right plan. He's a football guru. They win the division. They play well. All of a sudden, he decides he just wants to sit in a golf cart and he doesn't really care about anything else. They have, I think, tried. But since Parcells, it has been what Clay just referenced, the mixing and matching. Do you agree, A, that a change needs to happen now, and B, it needs to be everyone? Yes and yes. Uh, I'll give you two visuals from Sunday's game that were very, very striking to me. The first one, we already mentioned, but I'd like to talk about it, was the look on Stephen Ross's face sitting there next to Dan Marino, who had a similar look, and Mike Tannenbaum, who looked like, oh my God, what am, what my, my boss is going to kill me. It was Sean I mean, Penn. I, I mean, it's, and no, Dan <laughs> Walk, no, seriously, it uh, it's, like. it's funny you say that because, like, I, okay, I've, I've been, I've worked here for, for over 15 years. If my boss ever looked at me the way Stephen Ross looked on TV, I would immediately go home and start updating my, my resume. I mean, that look just said, I despise the 2018 Miami Dolphins, and I own them. What am I going to do? Okay, so that's one look. The second look, and and guys, we can disagree about whether he should be doing this, shouldn't be doing this. So Adam Gase, and this is not the first time he's done this, when the defense is playing, he runs the offense. He'll often sit on the bench, draw plays for the next series. That is the structure of the team. Fine. But in Sunday's game, the Dolphins' defense was melting down Mental errors. 15-yard penalty by Rashad Jones, which is atypical, but he had a late hit. The defense needed someone over there, a head football coach, to sort of jut out the Don Shula jaw and get on this team to wake them up. And as that's happening, they cut away to Adam Gase in another world, drawing up plays. And I looked at him. And he's been here now, a head coach, for a couple years. And when he first came in, he was sort of this hotshot young kid who was this offensive guru. And I looked at him, and all I could think is, dude, you're a coordinator. Like, you are a coordinator. This football team needs a head football coach. This defense is melting down. Half this team is is playing undisciplined football, the likes of which a head coach should lose their mind. And you're sitting over there playing Tecmo Bowl on your, on and, your and notepad. And by the way, looking up to it's the big a screen. Bad lo- yeah, like, like, oh, that stinks. We got a oh, that, what a bummer. Like, like, you're supposed to be running the show. And Adam Gase, for a guy who's trying to defend his right to be the head football coach, to me, sure as heck, did not look like the way a head football... I'm not, I'm not saying every coach needs to yell and scream and carry on. But at least, like, go over and watch what's going on. Like, for example, I'll use our business. I'm a producer. Most of the time before a show, I'm by my desk in an edit bay. There are certain places. So it wouldn't be it would be normal that if certain things are going on, I would be in that place. However, if there's breaking news, if something crazy happens, you go to put out the fire. I would run to the control room. Well, you and, and there was a fire happening on the field, and Gase was just like, oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. I, wa- I want to continue off that point. I want to mention real quick, though, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. I will say this. To your point, I want to continue off that, but I also want to continue off the discussion we're having is an odd discussion. I've, you said you've been doing this 15 years. We both, we've all been doing this a long time, and I'll never, ever, ever get used to just 
basically going out there and saying a person should lose their job because I think how that would make me feel if people are out there discussing about me losing their job. That's called Twitter. And, and it, yeah, Twitter, trust me, yeah. that's the place for everybody to lose their jobs. But I, I, I look at it this way, though. This isn't really about us saying, hey, I don't like Adam Gase. I need, you need to fire him. Go, he stinks. It's more about the realities of being a head football coach. Look, Adam Gase started a couple of years ago. Three. This is, you know, you're, you're talking about three years in. Remember Ben McAdoo of the of of the Giants started at the same time, made the playoffs just just like Ace. Next year didn't do well, handled the Eli situation. He was fired. You look at now in the league. There's talk about the Cardinals coach getting fired after one year. This is the business. So while it seems odd, here we are Christmas week, the holiday week. We're talking about guys losing their job. The reality is, their job is to win football games. Their job is to develop players. Their job is to change, truly change the culture of the mediocrity that's been Miami Dolphins football, and they have failed at their job. Now, the optics of what you just mentioned were bad. They were bad. Uh, does Adam Gase have to be out there throwing the clipboard or doing things? No. But this is Clay, where it has been my biggest issue with Adam Gase. And I'm not, and I know it's a knock on Gase, but in a way, it's just a stating to me a reality. Maybe Adam Gase gets a, a job somewhere else eventually and, and learns from his experience and becomes a good head coach. But to me, Adam Gase is a guy who is a good offensive coordinator who, when he concentrates on that and makes that his focus, can have success and has shown the ability to have success. As a head coach, he has not shown the ability to juggle and handle the things. And oh, by the way, also be someone who has a voice and personnel with the Dolphins. Part of the decision-making of either not chasing a quarterback or not pinpointing the quarterback last offseason to replace Ryan Tannehill eventually. And in the end, all of that is going to cost him his job. Yeah, and just to be clear, Gase is not the only one who does this, by the way. There are plenty of coaches who, who call their own plays that go over to the sidelines and do that. But to your point, I think what you're saying is in moments of crisis, you need to figure that out. Now, I think his response would be, because I'm trying to show his side of it here, hey, my job, the way this is structured, is I need to figure out what's going wrong with the offense because we cannot score. We scored in the first drive of this game, and we did not score again. Incredible, wasn't it? With ease. Unbelievable. So I, I think that would be they his They used answer. all their good plays right, in the first right. drive. And he, was, and he was asked about that, and he said, hey, I was just trying to, to figure out plays. That, okay. But then that begs the question, uh, maybe you need to, to look at the structure. And, remember we and talked last week? Yeah. Remember we talked last week about, about making reads? Yeah. And about yeah. about how how the yeah. problem with, yeah. Tan, with yeah. Tannehill yeah. is read yeah. one, read two. Yeah. That's a read too. The, the 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 house is on fire. Right. right. By, by the way, but, but I think, Hill, though, I still think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL in the right situation. I just think it's pretty clear, guys. After seven years, the right situation is not with the Miami Dolphins. And I think Adam Gase could eventually be a good coach in the right situation when he learns from the mistakes that he made in these three years here. I, I think that there are. I think Adam Gase is a really smart guy. He's young, and uh, I, I I think. Part of, and we talked about this with Mark Richt, part of being a great head coach is recognizing your deficiencies and, and stepping back and fixing them. I remember for a long time, Sean Payton, when he was with the Saints, he called his own plays. And then finally he realized, I can't do that and uh, focus on the head coaching part. of it. So he brought in Pete Carmichael. Now it was somebody he really trusted. Um, but I think... He Peyton has gone back now, and he does call his own plays. But I think there is more of a a uh, kind of a simpatico there, where you know mm. who is doing what. With this Dolphins organization, there is not that. There is is no workable structure moving forward. And I think there are mistakes that have been made that I think Gase will learn from uh, moving forward. But 
to your to your point, what you just said about Tannehill, I think you have a number of people who could potentially be successful at what they do. Uh, my concern with Tannehill is I don't know if he's going to be 100% healthy. My concern with Gase is does he learn from some of these mistakes? Mm-hmm. But I think what is clear at this point is that these people will not be successful in this organization together. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's all that matters. I, and I think it is all that matters. And the question, you know, becomes then who? Who can actually, who is out there that can realistically turn this around? Because I say this to you, I remember last year, and I brought up the Giants only because anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I'm a I'm a Giants fan, I grew up a Giants fan, and I thought they should make a change from McAdoo, and they did, and they fired their general manager, and they did, and I thought, hey, start it again, and they did, and I didn't think it was an inspiring move to hire a you know, 70-year-old general manager who's probably at the end of his of his career, and then a head coach who failed with the Browns, and, I'm, and I worry if he's an offensive coordinator. I bring this up because I reference that, how do you fix the Dolphins? There is no easy answer because everyone always says what to do, but no one seems to know how to do it. And the question now becomes, Dookie, is what is the how? Do you go into the college ranks and go get a, a name like a Harbaugh or an ins- or a, or a mind Lincoln Riley. a Lincoln Riley exactly you knew exactly where I was going Clay someone like that do you stay in the NFL go with coordinators there has been the talk of Patton who is an assistant general manager in Minnesota actually spent time in the Dolphins organization has a background is a very well thought of guy as kind of your football czar so to speak do you trust someone with that opportunity for the first time and then go out and handpick his head coach. This is not an easy answer. It seems easy. Fire the guy, bring in somebody new. As we've learned over the last 20 years of Dolphins football, sometimes the new isn't better. Well, the other problem is they've tried every model, right? They've tried the Parcells model. Hire Bill Parcells, make him football czar, let him make all the decisions. He goes out and hires Tony Sperano, who actually did a great job his first year. And... Um, and that was it. it. It all started, but like you said, he likes sitting in the golf cart. They've tried the powerful head coach model. They've tried the offensive guru model. They've they've kind of tried every model. He's gotten the college coach. He's gotten the hot shot right. coordinator. He's, he's done, gotten the name, everything. One thing, to Stephen Ross's credit, he's willing to spend money. What I think is, we were talking earlier about, does Chris Greer stay or go? Do, I think they need to hire someone who it goes, Ross, Person X, everything else. And let Person X, who Ross trusts, make all those decisions. And, and by the way, and, and I, that's I that's the you. that's the structure. That, so the question of does Greer stay or does he go? And sorry, let them all fight for their jobs. But see, not to interrupt you, but I did. Uh, that was my tan- that was my Tannenbaum. Right, and, uh, but I think the problem is, and that was a miss. Was, right, right, right. But and, Adam so, Gase had say as any head right, coach. And, had but, say there, but there was why, but there was Greer's right. in charge of college, no, and Tannenbaum's not really a football guy because he was just an agent, and there was just too much. They need like a football no. guy who's like, and see that's the the, the, the problem. Finish. Yes, yes, no, but and and <laughs> the, the issue is that that yes, you hired Tannenbaum to do that, but the way you hired him was you brought him in as an advisor to Dennis Hickey. Right. You had so many other so I, I think <laughs> and, and this is why I didn't mean to interrupt you no, because no, no. I agree with you. You have to stick with that structure and yes. you have to find the right person. And you know, going back to Will to your point about uh finding the right guy. You can't the right screw coach, this up. You cannot no, screw this up. But I think that far a lot more focus needs to put on being who who is person X to in Lang's example, in, in Dookie's example, who is that person who is directly under Stephen Ross? Because that person should be good enough and you trust them enough to where 
they're able to bring in the head coach. And by the way, if they don't swing and miss at one head coach, you trust them enough. There has to be somebody that you trust enough above all of that. And there just isn't. Tannenbaum is not that guy. I think that's far more important than uh, just making sure that you get the right coach. Because on paper, this is not a great crop. Of, of head coaches that are going to be available. But that should not deter you from hitting the reset button on this organization just because there isn't a good coach. You need to have somebody that is good enough up top because you can find that guy. There will be somebody or, or, or that lady, whoever it is, you can find somebody that can come in and be the head of the organization on the football side that you can trust that even if this is a crop of bad coaches and it doesn't go great, you trust them enough to go and make the right hire next time because this is not working. First of all, you're right. Second of all, God, you just reminded me of, of Hickey and Tannenbaum. How 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 demonic was that whole setup? Where Ross was sitting there and Hickey was his guy and Tannenbaum was kind of whispering in his ear, this guy sucks, I could take his job. Yeah. And then, they, and then uh, Tannenbaum basically did an extensive search and he found himself. I mean, yeah. here, here's who they need. Yeah. Here's who they need. And, and I think now that they've won five games in a row, I think it's a more popular thing. The Dolphins need their Pat Riley. The Dolphins need their their guy who's their who's they tried their, that they tried who's to rebuild ourselves. I understand, and it didn't work. That, but to me, that is the model because, and, and I think we can all agree on this: this organization is broken in every way that an organization can be broken. See, I they, disagree. They, I think, I think they're broken just in a football perspective because I think the Dolphins, when you look at business, community, yeah, merchandise, sure, but I'm, stadium I'm, relations, I'm just everyone, talking football. They just stink at football. Right. I, no, I agree. That's where they're broken. I, End of story. They're good in the community. Right. I agree. But I, I'm, I'm speaking about from a football perspective. Well, that's just one thing. They... they but there are many aspects to it. The way they, the way no, they draft players, thing. the way they evaluate they players, the way they develop players, everything involving players and on-field performance needs to be changed. And for how long have we said this team doesn't have an identity? At least when I say Bill Parcells, and he missed, he didn't work here. But when I just say Bill Parcells, you know what a Bill Parcells football team looks like. They run the ball, they play good defense. There's, there's an identity to that. And it didn't work here, but there has to be a guy who's out there. And that's, I, I don't think Stephen Ross, as the 78-year-old owner of the Dolphins, needs to micromanage every little decision about the remake. I think he needs to say, this thing stinks, blow it up, quarterback stinks, coach stinks, I trust you, go fix my franchise. You know, you know who needs to fix this franchise? I'll tell you right now. A person who understands the league is moving forward. It is a passing, spread, fast league. That person, whoever person X is, I don't care. Go get somebody from the Chiefs. Go get somebody from the Eagles. Go get somebody from these progressive organizations that all of a sudden are figuring out, hey, identify your young quarterback, put a bunch of guys around them, and play with this style. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins were caught in the middle of all that. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Go out and identify these players who can get these, have these good drafts and play this style. And that, you know what, is not afraid to make moves. Why do the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes? Not because they lucked into him, because they identified him and they said, screw this, we're going to draft and we're going to trade whatever it takes to jump however many spots it takes in the draft to get our quarterback, and they did it. What do the Dolphins do? Oh, well, the Cardinals jumped ahead of us, so yeah, we weren't going to try to get into the top. Oh, yeah, well, Lamar Jackson dropped, but we really, really like this 
we really wanted to get this tight end out of Penn State. It's like <laughs> that's not the way you build franchises. You build franchises with aggressiveness, identifying. Saints, a perfect example. Here's a team that's on the cusp of a Super Bowl potentially this year. They identified a stud defensive player they wanted. They traded the following first-round pick for him. They didn't care. That's the way that you win in this NFL. You cannot play, coach, or build scared. Amen. You have to. It's so so true. And and to affirm your point, check this out. So here are the top teams in the NFL right now. I want to I want to remove New Orleans and New England right now because both of those guys got quarterbacks a long time ago before this this resurgence in the NFL. Houston traded up for Deshaun Watson. Kansas City traded up for Patrick Mahomes. The Rams traded up for Jared Goff. And and I know the Eagles are are struggling because they had so many injuries this year, namely at the quarterback position. They they just couldn't get the whole Wentz Foles thing figured out because Wentz was never playing healthy and found that he had a broken back. But I defy you to find more than one or two teams in the NFC that you are more bullish on moving forward than the Philadelphia Eagles. They traded up for Carson Wentz. So yes. aggressive. Be oh Chicago Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky and everybody yes. laughed at them. And I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is going to be your guy, but you know who is Khalil Mack. They made a ton of aggressive moves, and it is working for them. So just to kind of your point, I, 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 so many examples of front offices who have been ag- aggressive rather than sitting back on their heels, and I've said this a thousand times, but that draft night when they sat up there, the Dolphins get and said it cost too much for them to move up for a quarterback. I, I just got stuck on that all year because it told me you knew you needed a quarterback and you didn't want to be aggressive to get one. Absolutely. By the way, our sponsor today, one more time, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, Go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. So the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So now we we step ahead as to what happens next. Uh, I would guess, you know, as we always tape for those that listen on a Sunday night, as we speak now, obviously, Adam Gase, Chris Greer, Mike Tannenbaum, Everybody with the Dolphins is still here. I think we could all assume, Clay, what you said based on the Herald Report and just based on common sense, that Ryan Tannehill is not the quarterback of the future and he won't be back. Uh, And I think it's pretty clear that major changes are happening in the power structure. So what is going to happen now is the question. Does Stephen Ross let them play out this week? It seems like he may. Let them play out the week and then at the end of this week, then you make your moves. I think either way, guys, it's pretty clear. Stephen Ross knows what he's going to do. He just hasn't done it yet. Well, and, and Dookie and I were actually talking about this um, uh, while we were getting ready for the 5 o'clock show because he said, well, R- Ross hadn't talked today, uh, you know, so I guess that means that, that nothing is happening. Um, and and I, I think that – because normally Ross talks after the last game of the season. Obviously, this the was last the last game, game of the yeah. year. Uh, but given that they were out of the playoffs, we were kind of on <laughs> on red alert just in case he did, and we wanted to make sure that we were ready to go. And and my response was, well, he's not going to tell the media. It would be bad form to tell the media if you hadn't told them yet. So I, I do think there would be uh, an advantage to trying to get a jump on this search, even if it's just by a week, if you decide to do that. Um, but, man, I, I just think that looking at his face in the press box, or excuse me, in the owner's box, I, I think it tells you all you need to know. And, and, yeah, I agree with you. I think he he knows what he has to do, and, and I think it'll be done. And, it, look – this team has had a, a lot of, not excuses, but reasons for, for why things have fallen apart. Injuries, 
well, everybody has injuries. You, you know, I, I mean, at some point you have to overcome those those reasons, and a lot of teams have, have had to, and they just haven't found a way. Can I be, as before we leave, and I'm going to leave it up to you as Dookie in playing devil's advocate and just say this. The Dolphins nationally were considered a joke before the season. 3-13, and 4-12. and 12. Some people had them the worst team in the league. Some people had them the top three or four worst teams in the league. We in town, and I think most local media, I think we could all agree, probably had them in the 7 and 9 8 and 8 range which is clearly where they're going to finish they're either going to finish 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 because they sit at 7 and 8 now with one week left uh did we over exaggerate what the dolphins could be and maybe make this more than what they are or can't we just say wait a minute i mean they are what they are i mean if anything they they exceeded expectations i'm just again i don't agree with this i'm just playing the devil's advocate saying this is not a very good roster in turn, this is not a very good football team. Their point differential is horrendous, one of the worst in the NFL. They lucked into a lot of wins against really bad teams. Credit to them. They beat bad teams. You do that. They play well at home for the most part, uh, leading up to this game against Jacksonville at home, in which they lost. Did the Dolphins actually achieve as expected, overachieve or underachieve? Well, that's that's actually a very interesting question. I think, I think, to, I think to a certain extent, I think they did outperform expectations nationally because they were so low, but I don't think internally they were. I don't think Stephen Ross is like, well, you know what? They won seven games and everyone thought they'd win four, so let's keep going. I, I, I don't think that. I think Clay mentioned it. You mentioned it. We've talked about the NFL right now. It is such a quarterback league. I think the entire organization bet the house on Ryan Tannehill. And that's where they screwed up. That's where and, they're judged. And, I agree and, with and every and and this is why th- this is honestly this is the one thing I don't understand about Adam Gase because I agree with you Clay. I think he's a bright guy. I think he's he's got a good young mind. I think there's issues between being a coordinator and a head coach that he hasn't learned yet, how he addresses the media sometimes, some of the optics of his behavior on the sidelines sometimes. But I think he is a talented smart guy. What I've never agreed with him on, in any instance I've listened to him talk, and I've listened to this guy talk for three years now, is his unwavering faith in Ryan Tannehill. I don't get it. And and furthermore, I don't get how this organization has had that much faith after everything that happened to Ryan Tannehill, all the injuries. It would be one thing if Tannehill had, was perfectly healthy, but this is a guy who is already coming off of an injury, who's played behind historically bad offensive lines, who is you know 30 what 30 31 but he's an old 30 or 31 because mm-hmm. he has a lot of damage on him from all of that and yet Adam Gase staked his job on it Mike Tannenbaum staked his job on it Chris Greer I'll never understood Chris it. Greer staked his job on well, it and Stephen I'll Ross signed off it. on it I, I, so the entire Dolphins organization is culpable and we and when you name the quarterbacks in the league if you went one through 32 Tannehill would be flat in the middle he'd be eight and eight or seven and nine and we knew this going in, and and we've known this for seven years, and yet this regime, and, and so to, to what happens next, Will, I think it'll be interesting, and I noticed it a little bit already on Sunday, Gaze's language changed on Sunday. He already started throwing Ryan Tannehill under the bus, and I wonder how much behind the scenes, I, I think it's too late. I think he's, he's dead man walking, 100%. but I do think he's going to spend, if he's not fired on Monday when this is released... He's going to spend as much time as possible bad-mouthing Ryan Tannehill and using Tannehill as the excuse and saying, give me a real quarterback. I'm the quarterback whisperer. I can get this fixed. And the last thought I'll kick to you guys is this. We talked about how we all kind of agree the model should be from the top 
down. Mm -hmm. But what about Gase's sort of Michigan roots and that irrational? I'm sorry, Ross. I'm sorry, Ross's Michigan roots and his sort of irrational. If he could get a Harbaugh, well, and I, then, I don't think it's irrational. I think that's the number one candidate on the list right and, now. I think but there's no doubt. If that happens, is do you abandon the plan and say, okay, get the coach, and then figure everything else out next? Real quick, before we move on, because I want to attack the uh, the, the Gase Tannehill thing, and then I'll, I'll I'll hit that point. Gase falls in love with the good. Gase, I think, is overly optimistic when he sees the players in his building that he really likes, and so he will see Ryan Tannehill make a great throw. And I think Gase has a little too much faith in Tannehill's ability and maybe a little bit too much faith in his own ability Amen. to make that happen every single time. Confidence is a great thing. I mean, irrational confidence that we hear Eric Spolster talk about with Deion Waiters. Uh, but having a little too much can get you fired. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think it's not – that's the thing that I think Gase, maybe most of all, is going to have to learn moving forward when he has input on personnel. Because my guess is when he was the offensive coordinator in Chicago and Denver that he wasn't making the decision on a lot of these player moves. When you're a head coach, you do. So I, I think that moving forward, he is going to look at this and say, okay, I'm not just going to fall in love with the good. I'm also going to look at the bad and figure out what I can work with. Um, to your point about the Harbaugh's, I think, yes, Ross is going to do his due diligence with that, but I cannot imagine, given what we've seen, that he is not going to look and try to find somebody at the top and have that person make the decision. And I think that will be job number so. one. I would hope so, but Stephen Ross, if anything, he's proven his ownership. As Lang mentioned earlier, he doesn't mind spending money. I give him credit. Uh, he has stepped away a bit from things uh, than when he first started and was trying to make everything about about flash and substance and all these things as far, you know, trying to make it so cool. And he said, okay, let's just make this about football. And and I think he's the kind of guy, though, that sometimes thinks with his heart more than his head. And I wonder if that's one of the first phone calls he makes. We're going to find out soon enough, I think. The first step is whether the changes come. When they come, we will wait for that this week as the Dolphins will now play out the string with one final game in Buffalo. And then the long, cold... Except if you're in South Florida, not that cold. Off season, another season of Dolphins football that ends in mediocrity. And I know fans are tired of it. So we'll see what happens next. That is your Miami Sports Pod. Hey, everyone, if you're listening before Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. Safe to you and your family. Happy holidays into the new year. Uh, we shall talk next week where we may know a little bit more about what's happening with the Dolphins situation. <laughs>